Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollack. And I'm Quinn Faison. And together, we coach parents of preteens, teens, and young adults at Plan P. We have been there and done that. And when the going got tough, the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of both of our amazing children and teachers, Ellie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We are so honored and excited to have you join us on this incredible journey where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in the practicing. Let's get moving. Welcome back to the Plan P podcast, which I always have to say carefully because it's too many uh, sounds. Anyway, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. We are so glad to have you. It's been a week. Yet another week. Yet another week. Working with parents. (laughs) And what we wanted to talk about this week was detaching with love. And detaching with love is not tough love. No. So I would want to just take it apart into two pieces. There's detaching and then there's the with love part. Okay. So detaching, people often think it means just cutting people off. That would be the tough love version. Mm. But I think detaching really is recognizing where our responsibility for the other person ends and not Mm. going further than that. Right. Oh my God. It's about responsibility. It is, well, it's it's about not taking responsibility for other people. I just had this like, imagine, what? like my brain goes exploding. Quinn is sitting here looking at me like, oh my God, there she goes again. Yep. So it's, but it is, it's about detaching with love is about appropriate responsibility given their age and circumstances. Absolutely. And finding what is balanced and the brain exploding moment that I just had was when two cells come together within someone's body or a child is delivered and handed to you mm-hmm. or a child comes into your home or you come into their home right. as you did into our children's home at five and eight. For me as a parent, I had a great responsibility within my body. I was making a human mm-hmm. and I had a responsibility to that human and I did the best I could to that human. Yeah. And we take care because that is appropriately responsible. And then they come out and we detach actually with a scissor. <laughs> physically. <laughs> or, there's or physical detachment. There's a physical cutting of a physical umbilical cord. Right. And, and our responsibilities shift. And as they grow <laughs> up, our responsibility continues to shift. Exactly. And, you know, when they turn 18, they become legal adults. And so that whether we like it or not, or think it's appropriate or not, is another shift that is outside our control. So I guess my my brain explosion also was, we detach with love. Yes. From the moment that they join our lives, we detach with love. Sleep coaching, <laughs> which is something that I've done. Infant and toddler sleep coaching um, is a really hard thing to do. Really, really hard because they're crying. And, but you're detaching with love because it really is. You're just saying to them, I know this is hard. 
and I know you can do it, baby. And now I'm leaving again, and you're going to scream for another hour and a half or two hours, but I love you. <laughs> and now I'm leaving, and I'm putting earplugs in. <laughs> right. But I know you're safe. And that gets trickier as they get older, right? Yeah, the more agency they have, the less you can feel like you are protecting them. Right. So are they going to walk to school? <gasps> Yeah, that's detaching with love. Yeah, I taught you how to cross the street. Brings to mind the parent following the child to school when they walk to school on their own the first time. I I know a couple of mothers that did that, mine included. <laughs> well, we want to make sure they know. We want to make sure in some ways that we did it right. Yeah, I taught them how to cross the street. I taught them how to stop, look, and listen. And that detaching, that letting them go, is a really hard thing to do it's scary and so and scary. there's part of you that doesn't want to let them outside of your little perfect bubble right no but they have escaped your stomach so here's the other thing because mine was i like it was preschool for me dropped ally off at preschool and drove around the block about a dozen times maybe and then they were leaving and they were all in their little rope holding onto their little knots. <laughs> and they were like the cutest things on earth. And I think I literally cried because I was so proud of them. <laughs> they were holding onto their little rope <laughs> and they were so grown up. Yeah. They grow up. And with each stage, we, we detach with love and we let them. Yeah. And, and that just points out how hard it is from the parent side. Mm. To oh. to let go, especially once they're preteens, teens, or young adults, it's so easy to also have compassion for how hard it must be for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's scary. I mean, for the parents and for the kids. Yes, absolutely. Both sides of that equation. Adding a little distance is a shift in the relationship, and therefore feels uncomfortable mm. and a little frightening perhaps. I mean, and, and as much bravado as they have pushing away, teens also have fear in all these new circumstances they're putting themselves into. And that's the love part, right? The compassion. Compassion for them and what they're feeling. And for ourselves and what mm. we're feeling. One is, you know, recognizing what's appropriate and what's not appropriate in terms of the responsibility you're taking for their actions or their needs, but also paying attention to your own issues. Are you taking care of yourself? If you're busy taking care of your kids, mm -hmm. that, you know, is very depleting. And think about, you know, in the beginning when they didn't sleep and you became sleep deprived, right? So learning as you have more time because they are more able to take care of themselves how are you filling that time for mm. yourself to resource yourself? Right. And what you're saying in terms of that detachment, finding time for yourself and age appropriately letting them take responsibility. Yes. Each kid is different, unique in their own way. So when one kid is ready to take on doing the laundry, maybe really different than when another kid is able to take on doing their own laundry, but you want them to go out into the world knowing how to do laundry. <laughs> yes. And a lot of kids don't necessarily know how to do that. 
I'm finding a lot of parents of college students, they get to college and there's a lot that they don't know. I have heard stories of a kid who wrote their parent saying, please send condoms. (laughs) Now, on the one hand, that parent was very proud of themselves because they had had the conversation. They were comfortable. Their kids were comfortable with them, right? Absolutely. They were in a loving relationship and mom takes care of everything. And there's that moment where the parent was sort of like, that seemed really appropriate until a friend of mine was like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> That's great on the one hand. I mean, yeah. and well, and that worked for that parent. She was like, do I not do this? Do I, I mean, as parents, and again, you know, we start judging it based on everyone else. And it's like, I don't know. Do you want to send them condoms? I don't care. Yeah. You're acknowledging they're having sex. They're acknowledging they're having sex. Who's paying for the condom? <laughs> Well, and, you know, it reminds me of someone I went to college with, I lived with, who had what seemed like, I mean, she was smart, but no common sense. And some of that was just like, she hadn't learned Mm. some things that I thought were very basic, like how to turn up the thermostat when you were cold. (laughs) You know, these were just things that had been taken care of. And so... I mean, she learned how to do it as soon as anybody pointed it out to her. But that common sense piece just hadn't been. I mean, I think she had grown up much more protected than I had. And well, so and didn't now, know a lot of now, things. now the kids are going to grow up, and that's all programmed. Yeah. Nobody has no. Now they the, know because it's on the phone and it's an app. And well, the, maybe mom and dad have, or mom or dad or auntie has the app and they don't actually, the, the right. thermostat is just lovely for them. And then they get to college where they have the old school thermostat. <laughs> what do we do? It's like the old school phones. I keep waiting for some kid to say, what is this icon right. for a call? <laughs> but our children, we don't trust them to have common sense because, oh, did I mention they're teenagers? Right. So they actually, it makes sense that we don't trust them to have common sense. They don't. They're not demonstrating a lot of common sense a lot of the time. And here's the thing about detaching. We don't let them. It's important to understand what our responsibility, where we're taking too much responsibility, right? Right. And, and, and I do think it's a slow detaching. And if you don't catch yourself, full disclosure here, we have two 20-something children and who pays for their car insurance? Yeah. No, but that's support. I would argue, no, I would argue that in today's world. Yes, they choose to live in the Bay Area. We like them living in the Bay Area. We want to support them. We want to support them. They both know that they should have insurance. They both know that we're paying insurance and they, you know, so that's not. Right. No, I think it's appropriate. Slow detachment, slow detachment from our responsibilities, transferring it once they're 18. I mean, this is the thing about the preteen, teen and young adult years is what you're doing is you're transferring the responsibility. Yeah. Yes. No, and I don't abs- think we're doing a bad job at all of it. I think we're doing <laughs> a splendid job of it and they both know it. Absolutely. An important piece of it is, is letting them know what we're doing, what we're willing to do, what we're not willing to do. And I think part of the detaching with love is yes, you continue to support them as they're growing up. I forget what book you were listening to the other day where he was talking about 
the age lag. Oh, yeah. The generational age lag that because of the cost of living today and wages today, there's about a five-year difference between when kids can really fully take care of themselves. Yeah. I have a, I've had a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> and that's a whole other, <laughs> other conversation. Right. All, so, I'm, all I want to point out is that a lot of parents now are still financially helping their children longer than right into our generation. Right. I don't think that's inappropriate or appropriate. I don't think it's either one. I think the awareness that you bring to the conversation with your children about what you are doing without doing the, when I was your age, <laughs> you wrote that response to that article in the New York times about detachment. Right. There was a letter to the editor that you wrote in response to that article by Maya. Yeah. It was... I can't remember her last name. She's the addiction specialist, specialist for, for the New York, New York times. times. Yeah. Somebody referenced that letter and asked me about, detachment recently right and that was about detachment period yes and it was also about as i recall tough love yeah well i think when people hear the word detachment they think about detaching with an axe like cutting off from people right and if you look at detachment as recognizing where your responsibility for somebody else's well-being ends Mm. then you don't need to use that axe. Right. Right. Because usually what we are doing is, and this is for friends as well as Mm. children and spouses and family members. And, you know, is that we feel responsible for their feelings. We don't want to, I mean, even acquaintances, we don't want to hurt their feelings by telling them, you know, that color does not work on them. (laughs) There's a lot of little white lies that we tell in life that, you know, might be overly responsible for somebody else's feelings. Where that line is for where my responsibility should end and where I take it to, there's usually a gap between those two things. And I do feel responsible sometimes for other people's feelings. As a parent, is it taking care of their feelings always? I mean, because there are two things here. We're responsible for their feelings and their car insurance cell phone bills, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I worked with someone whose parents, she was like, it wasn't, and I think this may be quite normal, is that kids' phones are on their parents' phones until, in my experience, until they literally get married to someone else. Right. Start their new family plan because the family plan is cheaper. So everybody's on it. Yeah. And it's not that much money. So I take responsibility for your phone. I don't really care. Right. It's easier. But what I hear you also talking about is it's compassion. You have compassion for someone, so you take responsibility for them. Yes. I mean, that's where how I got into the feelings, but it can right. be in any number of ways that we take that responsibility. That we take that responsibility and we take on more responsibility than is actually helpful. Right? Because if we are overdoing things for other people, then they don't get that self-esteem hit from having taken care of it themselves or, Mm. you know, then you're getting into the realm of learned helplessness. And that if we're always doing these things for our kids, always helping, then they don't learn how to manage these things on their own. And what do they learn? Yeah. They learn 
to be helpless. They learn to go, mom. <laughs> yeah. And I think also in addition, because that was a trick question. Sorry. I didn't mean to throw that back at yeah. you like that. I, I love your trick questions. <laughs> well, with Harrison, I'm just going to call it. It wasn't helplessness when I took responsibility for ferrying him anywhere. Oh, I lost my Bart. I'll drive over to the East Bay to pick you up. I did crazy stuff mm -hmm. to quote unquote, save him. So my fear didn't serve Harrison learning to do things differently. And it didn't make him think that I thought he could take care of himself. Right. So that helplessness, all that some of that in the school systems and lots of parents I talked to, and I absolutely think, having had conversations with Harrison, also that I didn't let him learn to have pride of self. Right, right. It's it's the dignity of your actions, right? That giving you people the dignity mistakes. of your mistakes. And what detaching with love, it's not tough love. It's really not. Tough love is more with the ex that you were talking about. Right. And and you hear people talking about you've got to cut the umbilical cord with their preteen teen and well, particularly with their young adult children. Right. They've got to cut the umbilical cord. And that's just because they're not babies anymore. And where that support, conscious support, the umbilical cord is just like bodily. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the umbilical cord is also, I mean, what I hear when people talk about that kind of thing is there's expectation. Right. Right. So I know that the support that we give our kids now, I don't have any expectation attached to it. There's not a string. It's just, this is still something I it's can love. do for you. It's just pure, easy, relatively minor financial love. Right. And if there's some expectation of payback or a string, then that's not supporting them. That's that's a connect that's about the connection that you're holding on to. And that's about controlling them. Right. It's I mean, those those strings attached where my parents want to make me a puppet. I mean, a lot of kids when I was in college would be like, I can't ask my parents for money because there'll be strings attached. Right. And it's the same thing. There will be expectations and I don't want that. Yeah. I'm not willing to ask for that because I want to do it my my wealth, my wealth. I do it my wealth. Right. And And that becomes tricky when you're scared that without those strings, something tragic will happen They're to them. They're going to fall. Right. I think that people often conflate compassion with control. Mm. So what I what I'm hearing you're saying is they think they're doing it out of compassion and they're probably doing it in a very compassionate way and they're not even aware of the string. Right. And it does not allow them the dignity of their own mistakes. It doesn't trust them to figure it out for themselves. I got to figure it out for you. Mm. I think it's Brad Reedy. I think it's in the journey of the heroic parent where he says, basically, people say, um, you know, they're saying to their kids, you can't keep doing this. And he says, the parents are lying. Right. Because the kid can keep doing it so long as the you... parent is still having the same <laughs> response. Right. right. He's like, yeah, they, they apparently can keep doing it because they still are living there. Right. In your basement smoking weed all day. So you're screaming, you can't. And it's about boundaries. 
Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because I love you. Yeah. It is a process, right? And so some of it is that, and we've talked about boundaries in earlier podcasts, that redefining the boundary as you recognize what you are no longer willing to do. Right. And again, and if you're able to pay the rent, that's a choice. Yeah. And if you're not able to, then that child, and I'm just going to say this about the, the parent who I worked with, who we're going to just call her kid JC, <laughs> um, kicked him out. He lived on the street for two and a half, like literally on the street. And she never stopped loving. It was hard sometimes, but we worked together. He had multiple different phone numbers. Knowing his phone number on every week, any given week was, you know. Right. Oh, he probably lost that phone. But he would text her something. And sometimes it was asking for food. Sometimes it was asking for money. Sometimes it was asking if he could come home. She made different decisions, different weeks. But sometimes there came a point where she, I remember her showing me on her phone. She just sent him a little emoji of her with a wheelbarrow full of hearts. Hmm. It wasn't Valentine's day. It was like, I love you. That's it. He yeah. now lives on his own and worked out really, really in a lovely, lovely way. Yeah. You know, parental love is a confusing thing. and We're so tied and she was not actually umbilically corded to that child. But it, it what I've learned working with parents is it doesn't matter. No. And you never have to stop loving. I mean, that's the thing about not having strings, not having expectations. I mean, what we did by sending Harrison away was basically sort of saying, we've got you, we love you, you got to figure this out Yeah, without us. Yeah. We're not helping. Yeah, and I think we did actually say to him, we're not helping. Because we weren't. We were just sort of scared and telling him, we didn't think he could handle himself. We don't believe in you. It's very <laughs> sad to say that. Yeah. And we did believe in him. I'm so, I mean, part of me so desperately wanted to believe in him that I lied to him about believing in him. Right. And lied to him and believed him when I didn't believe him and told him I trusted him and believed him when I didn't trust or believe him. I think the most important thing that he learned by being sent away was to take responsibility for himself. Right. As we said in the first episode, yeah, that's what they do there. They do it for us. And it's really hard to do it for ourselves. And I'm really grateful that we had all the support. Yeah, no, we did get a lot of support. And we supported each other a lot. I'm going to say that. We got a lot of support, but really the fact that we did that together, mm. fist bump <laughs> and hugs and love because there was so much love in that action. Yeah. And some actions that you, that don't necessarily look loving really are the most loving. You know, we know someone who said basically what you do when they become a teenagers and they leave the house is you've just basically given them their your heart and they're wandering around the globe with it. <laughs> right? Isn't that yeah. pretty much what she said? I think that is what she said. Yeah. And and that's what our children do. And we get to hold on to our own hearts. That's what detaching with love is. 
I think. Mm. It is giving you my full heart and knowing I still have a full heart. It's giving you, because it regenerates. Love just regenerates. Yeah. Well, that is the thing about love, right? The more love you have, the more you have to give, the more that you get. The, it just, it is one of those positive build on itself right and things. You, if you have your heart on a string and they realize that they are responsible for your heart that's a tough position to put a kid in yeah it's a hard position not to put them in as a parent yeah because we haven't detached slowly and we're still I, I talked to a parent the other day not professionally <laughs> and and when I say this, you're going to understand why you're, this is really good. Um, who was like, oh, I realized I don't have to wipe my kid's ass. <laughs> like literally wipe their ass. Their kid is seven. They're going to school. Oh, this parent realized they're wiping their own ass at school. They may not be doing it as perfectly as I do, <laughs> but they got to learn to wipe their own ass. Oh, they already did. Right. Because they're doing it. And that parent is a wonderful parent, maybe a little controlling <laughs> of perfection or, or overly protective. Again, that's like, where's, where does your responsibility end? Yeah. And when they get to be preteens and teens and young adults, hopefully they've learned to wipe their ass by then. <laughs> the odds are really, really good that they're not doing it perfectly <laughs> sometimes. And sometimes they may be doing it really perfectly because there are some preteens, teens, and young adults who are learning to like to do it perfectly and that that's hard too mm. so that's the fine balance which makes me think of the the point that we that i wanted to cover that we haven't talked about yet which is if you are substituting the the time that you are mm. used to take for your kids mm. by taking care of yourself one of the things that that gives your child is modeling how to take care of yourself, right? Right. We need to learn how to take care of ourselves again, having probably lost a little bit of that in their early years. Right. So figuring out what those things are so that you can model to your kid that, yeah, taking a time out for yourself mm. is an important, an important thing that adults do. Here's the really important thing that I think I did sometimes with Harrison and even with Allie is I gave myself a time out when I was feeling out of control, mm. when I recognized that my emotions needed a time out. And I think I even said it out loud. They may not remember it because I may not have been so good at it, but I think I said to myself, Sarah, you need to give yourself a time out. You're about to lose control right. of yourself. Yeah. And so go into the other room. It's not go put the dunce cap on in the corner and face the corner. Give yourself a loving time out. Your children deserve this. Yeah. And sometimes what I hear you saying is give yourself a loving time out. What are you doing for yourself today? Which is, I think, possibly a perfect segue into this week's practice. The actionable practice. So for this week, it's look at what you're doing for your kid. And is it loving? Is it controlling? Is it still needed? I mean, it may be all of those things. It may be only a couple of those things, but take a look at what you do do for your kid. And is it needed? Lee? Still needed because probably at some point it was needed. Like yeah. they do need us to tie their shoes and then they learn to tie their own shoes. And so 
the hard part for us as parents is letting go of those things and letting them do it on their own as they grow up. Right. They don't need their shoes tied anymore. Are you doing anything that they need, but maybe they need to be doing for themselves? Yeah. And how do you make that transition with love? And it may take teaching them, showing them, helping them, supporting them through that transition. And sometimes you can set boundaries, not expectations, not silent. Ooh, if I do this, then they're going to get it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to learn because that's an expectation. And we do it sometimes with compassion. And that's where that can like, well, they need this. I'm compassionate. I love them. But really what you, I heard you saying is that compassion is a little, we talked about this. Right. Can, can have hidden expectations that are actually about more about control than you can recognize if you don't sit down and really think about it. And so is that compassion actually love of yourself? And of them. And of them. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plan P. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes time and practice. To stay connected with us and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share our podcast with friends, family, or any other parents who could benefit from our discussions. You can also keep up with all things Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at Plan P is for. If you have any burning questions or specific topics which you'd like us to address on the show, please just email us at connect at planp.us. If you want to talk to one of us, go to our website at planp.us to learn about us and schedule your free coaching session online. All details and links will be in the show notes. We can't wait to reconnect with you on the next episode. See you next week.